My, oh, my, it's a beautiful morning outside. Even though it's only 33 degrees presently, but we're headed up to 62. 72 tomorrow. Get out the sunscreen, Dave. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I'm ready to grab my Bermuda shorts and... Uh, yeah, ready to hit the beach here pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wishful we'll thinking anyway. Go over to Lake Hope. <laughs> or um, what's the other one up around Gloucester? Baroque. Baroque, yeah, there you go. I might be able to catch a few ripples out there and hang out on the beach. You know, something. those are beautiful lodges. Absolutely. And um, mercy, the food and just everything is wonderful. Well, anyway, good morning, folks. Welcome. It's February 14th. It's Valentine's Day. I hope you didn't forget. <laughs> or you'll be in a bit of a, a bit of trouble. <laughs> I, uh, I might be in a bit of trouble today. Why? <laughs> I, oh, well, I haven't necessarily been the most attentive. I've been kind of busy, so Valentine's Day has been kind of put back on the back burner for I, me. I understand. It's yeah. been the same in my home. And um, we did get a large box of all sorts of nifty things and sent it off to the grandkids. But um, in terms of in-house... <laughs> uh, but we're looking forward to tonight's game. In Absol fact, uh, you and Diane are joining us, and we're going to go get a bite to eat and then go to the game. And Ohio University's uh, hosting Buffalo. Let's see. They're the uh, Buffalo what? Bulls. The Bulls. That's yep. right. Yep. And uh, that's a basketball game and at, at uh, Ohio University in the Convocation Center. And we'll, we'll – trying to make up uh, to our gals then <laughs> anyway. I, I, I will we'll see how she likes this she her her statement to me is i've never been to a basketball game no kidding yes he says i don't know how much of a valentine's day date this will be but maybe it'll be more entertaining than i realize and i said you'll enjoy yourself you know so she she's looking forward to it but she's she's a little skeptical well i get it i get it if you've never done it you, you know what you have no idea what it's going to be like right but um i tell you the um, um from my point of view and i've been to a lot of ball games and uh, basketball is among my favorites um, what they do at the combo is wonderful. So um, I think you'll enjoy the Marching 110 and um, just everything. All right. Well, good morning, folks. Welcome. It is, uh, as I said again, February 14th in the year 2023. This is Valentine's Day. In terms of historical events, we typically do that. We go back to the year 1014, when Pope Benedict VIII crowns Henry II Holy Roman Emperor. Let's see here. Uh, now, um, 14, 17, I'm trying to do my math in my head. I think 52 years later. Mm, 
maybe it's 62. I can't do my math in the head. <laughs> um, in 1076, on this very date, Pope Gregory the Seventh excommunicates Holy Roman Emperor Henry the Fourth for the first time. So he must have been excommunicated more than once, eh? Yeah, uh, several times from uh, from what I've seen. I, I think it actually uh, led to a division where Henry uh, appointed a uh, another uh, anti-pope, so to speak, I guess you could say in a sense, and it kind of divided the Catholic Church. Yeah, as, as it might and should probably. 1797 on this date, the Battle of uh, Cape St. Vincent, uh, at which the British fleet under Admiral uh, Sir John Jervis defeats the larger Spanish fleet under Admiral Don Jose de Cordoba y Ramos. Whew. <laughs> I'm proud of you, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I made it through that. And this occurred near Cape St. Vincent, Portugal. And um, my cell phone making noises. Um, let's see. Um, so that was near St. Vincent, Portugal. Captain Horatio Nelson distinguishes himself. So cool. Um, 1876, on this very date, Alexander G. Bell and Alicia Gray apply separately for telephone patents. Yes, very interesting story on this one, Dave. Yeah. I don't know if you know the history. Some, of, uh, some, but I bet you've got a better... Uh, yeah, view. I've done a little bit of research because I was very intrigued, but rumor has it that when Bell heard... Uh, well, actually... Uh, back up a little bit. Uh, Bell's application actually was recorded as the fifth received by the patent office on that day. Uh, Gray's was recorded as the 39th patent on that day. Uh, the days leading up to Monday, February 14, 1876 are controversial, they say, because Gray had not told anyone about his new invention for tr transmitting voice sounds until Friday, February 11th. Just uh, the weekend before, so rumor has it that when Bell heard of Gray's work on that Friday, he hurried to prepare his documentation for a similar design so that he had been working on, and while Bell had been working on his designs for some time, he had not submitted such an application to the U.S. as had he already uh, filed an application in Britain, which um, at the time would... Uh, uh, only allow patents on devices that were not patented elsewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, I kind of see the idea there. You know, he, he kind of beat everyone to it as well. But adding to that controversy, a lesser-known inventor, he was an Italian immigrant uh, by the name of Antonio, I believe it was Mucci. Oh, uh, yes, I've heard of this. He began developing a design that he called the Telegrafo Parlante, or talking telegraph, and uh, but uh, facing financial hardship due to his wife's health and lacking English uh, uh, speaking abilities. Uh, I mean, he could speak English, but it wasn't enough to really navigate the the business community, so to speak. So he really couldn't move forward on his patent process, 
And uh, it was also pointed out that Bell conducted experiments in the same laboratory as he did, uh, diminishing Mucci's uh, first design argument. Mucci's materials were lost by the lab. This occurred shortly after Bell's team began using neighboring space, with some saying the materials were not lost, but stolen. Mm. So... Very, very interesting, uh, you know. So well, anybody that's a, a conspiracy theorist, that, that could be fun to dig into. <laughs> so how, how long did the court uh, 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 take to make a decision? Well, basically, um, I, I think there were rumors I, I read uh, as well that uh, that they, they believed that uh, Bell's application actually really came in after uh elisha's gray's uh patent did uh but somehow or another it got shuffled forward and the politics of everything i mean there's a there's a lot of uh, controversy sep- uh, surrounding the whole patent thing going on as far as the telephone is concerned and well of course bell did get it yeah obviously and and, and you know, for you know, I you know, I always assumed that he invented the telephone, and you know, there was no one else doing it, and yada yada. You know, you think those things if you, unless you start reading history, and then all of a sudden, voila, there's a whole new world going on. I, there. I, I was aware there were multiple say involved yeah. in um, hoping for it. Now, um, one thing that I did did wrong is I said Elijah, and um, I made an assumption. That that was a uh, female gender. Oh, Alicia. <laughs> yeah. Alicia, I mean, I think is what I said. Yeah. Um, but uh, Elijah was a male. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Just uh, just wanted to straighten that out in my own mind. All right. So that was 1876. Bell telephone. Here's something uh, interesting, though. It says uh, in related articles, I haven't read into this, but it says Mucci was actually acknowledged as the telephone inventor on June 11th, 2002. But Bell got the patent. But Bell got the patent, yeah. All right, let's move ahead. 1929, St. Valentine's Day Massacre in Chicago. Seven gangsters killed allegedly on the orders of Al Capone. Not a very good way to celebrate Valentine's. <laughs> no? no, but uh, that's definitely a good way to make a point, I guess, if you're trying to be the, the biggest crime boss in, in the country. <laughs> and at that time, he was. Yeah. And the last thing we have to mention is that of 1971, when on this very date, Richard Nixon installed a secret taping system in the White House. All right, let's do some birthdays. Babur. <laughs> Babur. B-A-B-U-R. As they, according to this report... I, B- whenever you say that, I think of some kids... PBS TV show or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some are named similar, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Babur is, um, was born in 1483. He died in 1530. I don't have a clue. Um, Babur, I think they say it means uh, tiger in, uh, in Persian. But uh, anyway, he was the founder of the Mughal Empire, Really? Yeah, he was a descendant of Timur and Genghis Khan. 
uh, through his father and mother, respectively. So uh, uh, he definitely had a uh, a bloodline, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Frederick Douglass is the next person to be mentioned. He was born in 1818, died in 1895. And when I say born in 1818, I mean on this very date. Frederick Douglass with two S's. Um, any, any luck finding Yeah, him? he was uh, an African-American abolitionist, an orator, and a newspaper publisher. Uh, his famous uh, for the uh, autobiogra- an autobiography, Native of the Life of Frederick Douglass uh, as an American Slave, and he wrote it himself. Well, that would have been way before the time of such things, wouldn't it? Yeah, yep. All right, um, two more here. Christopher Latham Scholes, S-H-O-L-E-S. Born on this date in 1819, he died in 1890. Christopher Latham Scholes. Uh, He was an American inventor who invented the QWERTY keyboard. You know, the one that we use instead of having A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It makes it, you know, uh, where the Q is up in the top left. like, Like they are right now. Yeah, if you look across the top of your keyboard, Q W E R T Y, are yeah. right there on that top uh, left-hand side there. So he he actually is the one that came up with that. You know, it makes me wonder why. Well, I don't know, Dave, but I know if it's any other way, I can't type. Well, and the very same is true for me. Um, you know, I learned on a. Wasn't it called a Symmetrix, uh, IBM's Selectric, Selectric, and um, and then of course, uh, no, you know, now that I think about it, I learned on a Royal manual. In fact, I still have it. Yeah, my I started typing on one of those. That's what I practiced on in school. I think we had the IBMs that you were talking about, but I can remember, and I will say this, you know. and nowadays, they, I don't even think they have to teach uh, typing in school because kids figure it out themselves by the time they get there anyway. But uh, I remember sitting there, Dave, and, and thinking, why am I doing this? You know, this is, this is uh, you know, what, what benefit is this going to be for me, you know? And little did I know that uh, a big part of my life is spent with my hands on a keyboard. Oh, my. And, you know, and, and, and I don't, I, you know, I look oftentimes and, I, and I'll watch my fingers sometimes, but I'll, I can sit here and I can talk to you about one thing and I can type about something totally different while I'm talking to you without even, I mean, just an occasional look down and see what's going on. Yeah, I'm not that skilled. I'm not that skilled. <laughs> See, I've got different departments in my brain that's going on there. I don't know if it's a multiple personality thing I've got going on, but sometimes it's almost like I'm a uh, spectator of my own life wondering, you know, what am I doing here? How did I get here? You know, I mean, not, you know, it's not, I'm not, I'm yeah, big, yeah, it's, yeah. it's wild. I, I just got to say I've got a very blessed life. You know what I mean? I'm enjoying it. Well, Rodney, we're glad you're here. Listen, the uh, last um, famous birthday, if you will, is that of Mickey Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T. He was born on this date of Valentine's in 1935 and died in 2020. Actually, Mickey was a she. 
She was uh, Mary Catherine Wright, a.k.a. Mickey. Uh, she was an American professional golfer who played on the LPGA Tour. She became a member of the tour in 1955 and won 82 LPGA Tour career events, including 13 major championships. My, oh, my. She's I, as soon as you started to um, correct me, I realized who we were talking about. All right. Yeah. Yeah, she's also a member of the World Golf Hall of Fame. So that's not just the U.S. Golf Hall of Fame, but the World Golf Hall of Fame. We have two famous deaths to uh, share with you. That is to say, people who died on this date. The first one is Dolly the Sheep. Now, get this. Dolly the Sheep lived, uh, according to my notes here, seven years from 1996 to 2003. Was this a cartoon character or what? No, she was the first cloned sheep. You remember whenever all the controversy about cloning came out and uh, they had cloned her from another sheep. And, and uh, anyway, um, that's what all the controversy was about that. They didn't, you know. Um, Let's see, it says the first mammal to be cloned from an adult an adult cell was put down on Friday afternoon after developing a progressive lung disease. Dolly's birth six and a half years ago caused a sensation around the world. And it did. I remember there was a, you know, that brought up a, a whole lot. <laughs> I'm drawing a complete blank on that. Really? Yeah, I mean, that was, uh, I mean, that was a, a, a big topic, you know, uh, about cloning, you know, especially amongst the, the Christian community and, and things like that. Okay, that's, that's uh, just uh, for me, if nobody else. Cloning, what is it? It's where you take a cell of an individual, a mammal, and then you basically replicate that individual DNA structure exactly as what, like, say, what they would do. They would take DNA from us, and then they would put that in a test tube, and then they would start somehow or another growth. But anyway, it would produce an exact twin of us, obviously a lot younger. It's not going to grow up and, you know, come yeah, out and yeah. be exactly us. But it would be an exact DNA replica of who we are, uh, obviously, you know, it would it look identical uh, from what I understand. Everything would be, you know, it would have exact same traits and huh. uh, you, you know, personality traits, physical traits, uh, supposedly. Um, you know, I haven't I, I can't recall exactly. I, I didn't uh, really look into what they cloned Dolly from and how close she was to it. But um, evidently it was successful in whatever you know in, in, in what they did i mean that's why uh, that, you know people are always worried about being cloned you know having their dna taken and having clones of them made someplace <laughs> yeah. i can tell you yeah. i'm not a bit worried about that if somebody if somebody wants to take the time to clone me good luck mister <laughs> yeah well we'll try to avoid that <laughs> yeah but anyway I, I would suggest that yeah uh teasing of course listen um you know, um, I, I was adopted as an infant. Right. And um, so, um, oddly, I mean, you're from Jackson area. My birth parents were from Jackson. Oh. And I know the name, 
and I know their address at the time of uh, when I was born. Um, but uh, what I'm getting at here in the real, the bulk of the story is that in recent years, I've been a little curious about all of that. Mm-hmm. Now, I am a Palmer through and through. Right. And Fred and Miriam Palmer and my sister Carol and all of that. But, you, you know, you kind of wonder, what's the backstory? Mm-hmm. And so um, there's a variety of websites, I guess, but one is called Ancestry.com. And in that outfit, you can take a DNA sample and send it in, and they will then respond to you with things like um, you were likely, your, your roots are likely in Wales or Ireland. And that's what occurred for me. But it could be somewhere else, depending on each person. Mm-hmm. And then they start to hit you with, um, not hit you, but I mean send you information about this person might be related to you. Mm-hmm. And it's someone else who has filed their DNA. And um, you have the option, I guess, to uh, make contact with them and, and um, just share stories. I don't know. Right. But uh, it's fascinating. Yeah. DNA. It is. Well, anyway, good morning, folks. Welcome, and um, we got a free-for-all today, as you can tell. By the way, let me just mention that um, I have uh, someone that's going to start helping me book some guests. And um, uh, I have made a lengthy list, over 55 different organizations that um, I would like to have appear at some time on our show here. So uh, we're working on that. But I know you enjoy the free-for-alls, too. And that is just what's going on today. All right. Um, Let's turn our attention to some of the news things going on. Israel. Uh, Nearly 100,000 Israelis protested outside the country's parliament yesterday ahead of several legislative votes that would overhaul the country's judicial system. The bills would give politicians greater control over appointing judges and overturning Supreme Court decisions by a simple majority vote. The proposal has divided the country with critics arguing it gives Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu nearly unchecked power and weakens the court system. Critics also argue the reforms may help Netanyahu avoid a conviction in his own corruption trial. The bill's proponents argue the changes are needed to restore balance in a court with too much power. Israel does not have a formal constitution like many Western countries. However, the court's decisions are based on precedent and a series of basic laws. Interesting to me about this story is Netanyahu and his allies uh, say the country's unelected judges have too much power is what you alluded to uh, 
uh, and they need to be reined in. Uh, on the opposing side of that, his opponents say that Netanyahu, who is on trial for corruption charges, yep. has too deep of a uh, conflict of interest. Um, so you know, I I I have to you know what you know you you'd have to think that there's something fishy going on there, and I can understand why citizens are maybe a little unrestful because of this. Well, an entirely different story: unidentified floating objects. Yes, octangular was the word that I was looking for yesterday, Dave. <laughs> well, the White House is forming a inter. Interagency. There we go. (laughs) I was making that way too complicated. It's forming an interagency group to look into the recent series of unidentified objects floating above North America's airspace, including three downed just over the weekend in Canada, Michigan, and Alaska. U.S. officials still do not know the origins of those three objects. The White House representatives um, said there were no indication of, of aliens or extraterrestrial activity. Thank goodness. I was really worried about that. Yeah. <laughs> now, separately, China claimed the U.S. flew spice bo- Spice, not spice, spy balloons into its airspace more than 10 times since the start of 2022, which the White House has denied. China's remarks came after the U.S. accused it of aerial surveillance through a spy balloon spotted January 28th and, as you recall, downed off South Carolina's coast February 4th. Interesting about this one, Dave, uh, or even alarming about this particular uh, development as far as the Chinese saying that the U.S., uh, you know, did 10, you know, doing what the, uh, they say uh, by sending reconnaissance or intelligent balloon, intelligence balloons uh, across China. Whether or not they did, I don't know. But what is probably more alarming to me is some of the... Um, reaction that I seen in the um, uh, the Chinese government uh, they seem to really be getting riled up about this yes. and they have taken a lot of offense to the fact that uh, well one we shot it down I think and two that you know we're saying that you know they're spying whether they are or whether they aren't I don't know and you know I, I don't know but uh, unfortunately these seemingly un, you know harmless balloons floating uh, are going to put are putting a lot of tension on the world right now and, and and the thing about it is you know i don't know whether china has any documentation of proof that the united states did just exactly this or not but um, I, you know, one has to think that this is, uh, they, they have to be making that up. But I don't know what the U.S. government's up to. <laughs> right. And um, it's scary is, is, my, is, is what I'm saying because it, it's just escalating more and more. Um, 
interesting that they they say the first time that some of this stuff occurred was in 2019. I don't know. You know, and here's another thing that that is caught, you know, I mean, made me wonder, and and it's nothing that I've heard. But you have to wonder, because uh, listening to different reports and different shows and programs and reading different things, uh, one of the things that the the U.S., as far as uh, radar systems are concerned, um, you know, they're very, very sensitive, and and they have a sensitivity dial on them i guess you could say so you know they can pick up everything uh, you know to, to from uh, something large to something very small such as a bird or a flock of birds or something along those lines and and most of the time radar is um tuned down so or tuned up so that you don't get some of the smaller objects you know uh that would uh cause alarm that is called but what they've done in since the china since the balloon uh, whether it be of Chinese origin or not, I don't know. But regardless of where it's from, since that first incident, what they've done is they've uh, made the, the radar a little more sensitive, and that's why we're picking up on a lot of this stuff. And, you know, it leads me personally to wonder, you know, are is someone, is the Soviet Union, is China, is someone trying to look for a weakness in our defense system that they might be able to come in under the radar and and maybe get some sort of an attack or something like that on, on American soil. It, it like I said, there's nothing out there, but that's a thought that has crossed my mind. Moving to an entirely different thing in uh, in uh, Brooklyn, New York, we had this U-Haul truck, which is a rental truck, and the driver of it just went nuts and started driving on sidewalks in the busy crowded brooklyn area (laughs) that's not good uh hitting people um um, eight injured and they they finally got him stopped um he ran into a police car which intentionally um put its way before him so to bring him to a halt the driver is in custody. And the police say there was no evidence of terrorism. What? I don't get it. But what a mess. Yeah. I mean, you know, that coupled with, I don't know if you heard about the Michigan State uh, shootings last night. Uh, what we were talking about yesterday, Dave, uh, you know, you were talking about, we were talking about that reporter that did the story on the uh, crisis line calls and things like that and having people to 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 listen to i think this is uh, even more proof positive that something along those lines is is needed because you know if and and, and they are out there but uh and hopefully more and more are, are uh going to be available and more uh people that are able to be responsive uh, properly on the other end will be able to to be on there as well i don't know what happened i just lost yeah one two we lost everything oh there there you go there we go i'm sorry um folks i accidentally hit a bad you're censoring me dave i can see it now honestly i didn't mean i know i don't play it but um anyway um 
Well, this whole UFO mystery thing is is continuing to... Yeah, octangular, like I said, that was a word. And, and the sizes of these uh, payloads or whatever you want to call them are ranging from, you know, as small as a vehicle to... Uh, what they say the one was a hundred feet tall or something like that. I, that's, oh, I think larger even. That's that's just nuts to think that something like that is floating around in the sky like that. <laughs> well, as um, as Rodney mentioned a moment ago, Michigan State, Michigan State University, a gunman killed three people and wounded five on the Michigan State University campus. The suspect is a 43-year-old who had no affiliation with the university. He then died of self-inflicted gunshot wound after a manhunt. Um, run, hide, fight. Students locked down for hours after receiving an email alerting them to the active shooter. Uh, you know, we live on a campus. I mean, that's not what I meant to say. We, our community is largely a campus. It's our principal employer here. It is such a cool place. Um, most campuses are. Um, there's a certain different way of thinking on campuses that, where you're open to learning and open to discussion. And to have someone freak out is really, well, freaky. Mm -hmm. And um, terrible story, terrible story. Um, and will we ever know why? Probably not. Um, let's see here. What else is going on? We've got... Um, what are rom-coms? I have a... Is that financial? Something financial? I, I'm not I sure. I truly don't know me. I, I don't, don't know the answer. Rom hyphen com. Romantic comedies. Oh. <laughs> well, we might be able to do something with that. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I think so, too. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I don't think we need to pursue that particularly on this program. Uh, well, it is Valentine's Day. It, well, you know, you're right. <laughs> so what do you have, if you think back over the years? Because I'm not good on current programs. I don't know, but one of my favorite probably, I don't know if it would be considered a romantic comedy or not, but Fifty First Dates with Adam Sandler and uh, Drew Barrymore in it. I love that movie. So, I, so that's a movie. Yeah. Rather than um, a TV sitcom or something. Right. Well, the, um, I, I see that in the last 
what, 24 hours or so, Nikki Haley announced that she's going to run for president. And um, she's um, Republican. And as I understand it, the first GOP rival to take on what is assumed to be President, former President Trump. She's 51, a former South Carolina governor and UN ambassador in the Trump administration. And she has spoken recently of the need for generational change. Um, so, we'll see how that goes for her. Um, somewhere I had something I wanted to go over. Oh, here it is. Here it is. I came across a report, as I do every few days, that just grabs my attention. This one is called 2023's Most Sinful States in America. Now, you can recall over the years, I've brought a variety of these sort of um, studies uh, in and discussed them on the air. Um, so, uh, red states versus blue states. Okay, now, we had this argument the other day. Not argument, but discussion. Yeah. Red state is which again? <laughs> I think that red is Republican and blue is Democrat. Okay. Because I, I remember and the we Republicans. Had, we had callers saying, no, you're wrong, and you're well, right. And yeah, I think, I well, I'd read it on the Internet. It said just the opposite, and then she called in, and I did a little further research, and she. So she do went, it one more time. Red is Republican and blue is Democrat. And if I'm wrong, uh, she can call in and, and recorrect us if she's listening again today. <laughs> well, I don't know if our phone system's working perfectly today. But anyway, um, forgive us if we don't answer. Um, okay, because our alert system is not um, perfect. Anyway, red states and blue states may like to point to one another as the source of all that is wrong in the United States. But the truth is that each of the 50 states has its own virtues and vices. For example, West Virginia. <laughs> okay, now it's, it, the woman I have met recently um, is from West Virginia. And I love to tease her. <laughs> um, so it, it goes on to say, West Virginia has the worst drug problem. And it certainly comes as no surprise that Nevada is the most gambling addicted. The cost of state sins is something we have to share as a nation. Though gambling alone costs the UN about $5 billion a year. That's nothing compared to the amount of money we lose from smoking, though, which is over $300 billion per year. Wow. Now, I, I like a cigar once in a while, but uh, I don't think I'm in the same category as what they're talking about true smokers. That would be me. 
<laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Anyway, going on, harmful behavior on the individual level can add up to staggering economic costs on a national scale. Some states are more well-behaved than others, though, and in order to, to determine the states that most give in to their desires, Wallet Hub, you've heard me mention that organization <coughs> before, compared the 50 states uh, across 47 key indicators of immoral or illicit behavior. So here we go. Uh, most sinful states in the U.S. Now, they, they list them 1 through 50, right? Or 51, I guess, if you include the District of Columbia. But for each, they have subcategories. Um, vice use, anger and hatred, jealousy, excess and vices, greed, lust, vanity, vanity and laziness. Okay, so if you had to guess... <coughs> Excuse me, folks. If you had to guess what state ranks as the most sinful state, you might not have too much trouble with this. It All around, I would have to think that with uh, the gambling, prostitution, uh, probably a lot of organized crime and, and other things that we may not even know about that probably Nevada might be ranking up there somewhere would be my guess. Well, you're dead on. Um, not necessarily for the points you raised, but um, it, um, it is the most sinful state. Now, um, I, I think it's important to mention a few of the higher ones as well few of the other higher ones so number two you want to guess i'm putting you on the spot just guess it's it, just because let's just say because of the movie business and everything that goes on that, that is associated with that i would think that maybe california might be coming in there or new york once again you are correct california Wow. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Now, by the way, your your second hunch of, of New York... Is way off. <laughs> ...came down 10th. <coughs> well, hmm. Okay, so th I won't put you on the spot any longer. Nevada, number one. California, number two. Louisiana, number three. Florida, fourth. Pennsylvania, fifth. Texas, 6th, Tennessee, 7th, Illinois, 8th, South Carolina, 9th, and New York State, 10th. And, and so how, how did they rank these? I mean, what categories did they use? You said something like, what was it, anger? And okay, so the, the different categories, um, anger and hatred, jealousy, excesses and vices, greed, lust, vanity and laziness 
So how how do those break down? Like okay, uh, so Nevada Nevada comes in um, in the anger and hatred category tenth. In jealousy fourth. In excesses and vices eighth. In greed first. That makes sense. Yep. In lust fourth. Hmm. In vanity twenty seventh, and in laziness first. Hmm. They're lazy. They're first in laziness in Nevada. That's what they're saying. Wow! I would have never, never guessed that. So, what is the angriest state in, in the union? Who's maddest? Okay, let's see here. I will uh, scan down here. It would say Arkansas is the highest in anger and hatred. Huh. Okay, well, let's talk about our state and our neighbors. Ohio overall ranks 20th. It ranks 34th in anger and hatred, 24th in jealousy, 2nd in excesses and vices. <laughs> <laughs> kind of makes sense. <laughs> Greed, 46th. Lust, 18th. Vanity, 12th. And laziness, 17th. But when you put those all together, they come in 20th out of, um, let's see, is this 50 or 51? It's uh, 50. So they did not include the District of Columbia directly. So Ohio comes in 20th. Now, what about our neighboring states? Let's talk about Kentucky. Kentucky comes in 28th. West Virginia, 34th. Um, I guess we should mention Pennsylvania. Where did they go? Uh, ba -ba 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 well, they're up in the higher group. They're fifth. Indiana is another one that touches us. And I'm scanning. It comes in 31st. But um, the thing that bothers me, uh, particularly about our own state, is Ohio, which is ranked 20th overall, is ranked second in excesses and vices. Yeah. So I guess that we like our toys. <laughs> I, you know, I, I assume they're talking about um, excessive illegal products and excessive illegal products like alcohol and so on. I'm just guessing. Yeah, I, mean, I need to read into this a little yeah. bit further. Vices, though, you know, I mean, vices are a lot of different things. I mean, those can be, I think, you, you know, racing can be a vice for someone, or working on a car can be a vice for someone, you know, whatever. I would mm. think. Uh, yeah, I guess it could be. I just. I doubt that that's what they're talking about. That's though. right. Um. It says, rank number one represents the worst 